Hi, this is Steve Addison and you're listening to the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're still in lockdown, so we'll be talking to Austin Wilson and Jack Worthington about multiplying disciples and churches online. So uh, 12 years ago, about, I actually started a church in my home. Um, and the reason that I did that is I was, in a, I was in the Army, just newly married, and could not just find a, a church that I could really get involved in or that was really preaching the Word of God, I felt, at the time. Okay, um, So my wife and I had some friends, and they were all feeling similarly, some, some brothers and sisters. And we ended up um, just saying, Hey, why don't we meet in our homes? And uh, the man in the house brings something. And we just rotated homes and we were all young couples with one or two kids. And it was amazing. We grew exponentially. Um, and what's crazy about that is I, I never really went back to uh, the legacy church um, model. Uh, and uh, even though I, I have nothing against it and, and God, um, you know, just never directed me to it again. Um, so I'm in the military and, you know, in the military, United States military, you, you, you travel around uh, every couple of years to different army bases and you're, you're stationed in different places. And so um, I ended up going to a college where I uh, was an instructor at, while in the military. And uh, when I got to this college, uh, I had never really discipled people kind of one-on-one or, or in smaller, uh, close-knit groups, uh, except for, you know, in church where there's discipleship that happens in a, in a small church in, in a home. Um, but, you know, I got these college kids and I was married now with two kids and I just fell in love with discipling uh, these, these young men and women and uh, with my wife. And so that, uh, that just, I just, really learned to show people um, who Jesus is and how to really follow him in the military um, and, and how to share the gospel. Um, now, the problem was I was doing that mostly on my own in that I, I was discipling people um, and I was following Jesus and obeying him, but I was not really discipling them so that they could disciple others. Mm. Um, I, now more is caught than taught. So, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, even though they, I never really taught them explicitly, like they're still doing some of the things that I was doing. Um, in fact, you know, some of those guys have churches in their homes and they're multiplying disciples in churches right now. Um, but that, I think that was the biggest thing, uh, that, that happened was that I, I had a church in my home that ended up uh, getting very big and I realized um, that God was actually calling me to get out of the army and stay at this college and continue to do ministry there. And so I did that. It was a crazy, crazy story uh, of God just telling me to do crazy things uh, <laughs> and with four kids and, and it's just amazing how he provided along the way. But, and I didn't even realize the strategicness of what he was doing. 
at the time, but just trying to follow him the best I knew how. But also at the time, I didn't have a lot of discipleship in my own life. I didn't have somebody pouring into me, but I was following Jesus the best I knew how and in and, and, and his word and, and, you know, the, trying to disciple us the best I knew how. So the church in my house got so big, I realized, God, they're all coming to hear me. I was doing a church in my home kind of traditionally. I was kind of mm. preaching a sermon and that's all I knew. And I was, uh, you know, we're doing music and, and, but then I, I realized, man, we got to either get a bigger building or we got to do something else. And I had heard through the army grapevine of some people that were talking about multiplication of churches and things. And, and I, I brought some of the leaders in that church together and we ended up praying and we asked God what we should do with the, the amount of people we had in our small little home. And we ended up splitting that church into three churches and two of those leaders each took a church and we decided we're all going to meet at the same time <laughs> and make everybody choose which church they want to go to. <laughs> um, so it, we kind of amoeba the church, if you will. And uh, we learned so much through that. Um, but what's really funny about it is Chuck Wood heard that that had happened through the army grapevine because Chuck was in the army while ago he heard about that and he actually called me <laughs> he called me up I had met him like once or twice before uh, but not really didn't know him very well uh, but he he called me and he said hey I'd like to come do a training with you and I, I've told him this and I, you know when I heard that I was like I don't need training like what are, you, what are you talking about like do a training with me like I you know I, I just didn't know what was going on at the time and so I, I gave him I remember sitting, I was actually doing a military training because I'm still in the reserves. And I remember sitting in the, in the back of this, um, this vehicle, this army vehicle and talking to the phone, <laughs> talking on the phone with him and just thinking, oh, I'll just give him a date way out in the future and <laughs> maybe he'll forget about it. <laughs> so I was talking to him in like August and I literally gave him the date of next April, <laughs> like the, <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe next April will be a good time. So, you know, sure enough, he, he kept the date and, and he ended up still coming. And, and he came with Jim McKnight and some others. And uh, that's when they just, I mean, I, they showed me 411. They showed me some things about, you know, small churches. But I think the biggest thing that I just realized is, man, I was just, I was discipling people to be dependent on me instead of discipling them to be able to disciple others and be dependent on Jesus and not need me at some point. It's just saying right after that, I, I actually left some ministries that I was a part of that I was really helping and I loved and I'm so thankful for. Um, but I was just like, I need to start over. And these other ministries weren't, weren't really willing to, uh, to shift the paradigm a little bit. And so I said, hey, I'll, I'll give you all the people I've been discipling and whatever. I will start over. I'm going to go to the lost. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start churches and, and discipling, discipling people from among the lost. And so four years ago, almost exactly, um, this happened. And I had two people in, in, my, in my whole ministry at that point. And I just started doing you know, small church with simple biblical reproducing tools that uh, really, you know, has grown into a, an amazing network of that, that God has, has done. <laughs> mm. um, and amongst, are you seeing new, 
new believers come out of that network? Yes, yes. Uh, and that's, that's what we really encourage everybody to do. Like, hey, you know, if you've got this vision to see no place left here at this college and in, in, in our state, in our country, um, don't, don't go after believers that already have churches. Let's go after the loss. Let's not sheep shift, right? Let's not, let's not invite a whole bunch of people to our churches from, from believers that already have places to go. Let's go after the lost and, and disciple them and, and see them come to the kingdom, see them come to the kingdom, disciple them and, um, and plant churches from among them. So yeah, we saw this really start to now, you know, the first year was a little slow, second year, a little slow. And then the third year is when it really started to, to take off um, to where, you know, there's things happening that I didn't even know about. <laughs> um, and so what's, what's the spread? I mean, any idea how many churches or how many people are gathering? Right, right. Yeah. So right now um, we, I, the number isn't exact. I was actually trying to count it up before, before this call, but um, it's a, it's around 40, 40 churches right now um, that are, that are active and, and discipling others so so jack is a uh, was a student in the college that i was teaching at and, and where i do my ministry now and where i'm based here in new york and uh one day me and uh, two of the guys that um was in our church but we do additional discipleship outside of church for leaders and we call them a teams and our accountability teams we and whenever we do accountability teams we are always looking to maximize time and you know I, i'm a firm well i as i look at jesus it is not possible to do discipleship like Jesus does it unless we're in the harvest with those we're discipling. And that's his example. And so every time we're together, we try to share the gospel together. And so we were in this cafeteria and Jack was on crutches. Um, and one of the students that was with me said, Hey, I know that kid. He's on crutches. Let's go pray for him. That's one of our, um, you know, we want to, demonstrate the kingdom of God as well as proclaim it. And so we always try to pray for people and, and pray for healing. And so we went over and we asked Jack if we could pray for him. And uh, he was like, yeah, I guess <laughs> you could tell he was like, oh, this is kind of weird. This is kind of weird. And uh, we, we grabbed his food for him. He was getting some lunch and, or I don't even know if it was lunch. It was probably like dinner or something. And uh, we said, Hey, you want to come to our table and, and talk with us a little bit? And uh, we were able to share the gospel with him for a long while. Uh, now, he didn't receive the gospel at that moment, but he was at a very low point in his life and, and was like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, but, you know, the next thing that we like to do with somebody who's a yellow light, right, somebody who doesn't reject the gospel, doesn't necessarily receive it completely, but says, hey, I'd like to learn more. Um, we offered, one of the students offered, hey, Jack, I'll meet up with you at breakfast and uh, and we can read the Bible together and, and talk about it and you can get introduced to Jesus. You can get to know who Jesus is before you give him your life. Jack, yeah. what was going on in your life at that time? Yeah. Well, so it was interesting. There's a lot of combination of things coming together. I was one of those people who was raised or just had the mentality that I wanted to really be accomplished and achieved. And it was interesting. I got to this point, this cycle of realizing that everything I was pursuing in this world <laughs> wasn't bringing me the joy or fulfillment I was looking for. And I got to this really burnt out or restless uh, stage. And then also I had a 
misconduct or disciplinary board while I was at the academy and I tore my meniscus and had surgery. So a lot of, a lot of things were happening and I was just really at a, at a low point. And so of course God's timing is always perfect. So when I was going to get some food, a um, couple of my classmates who were meeting with Austin saw me, noticed me and uh, asked to, to pray for me. And I remember it was, it was pretty awkward for me, like most people who what's going on in that sense. <laughs> but um, it was at the right time. And I remember as we began, or as they shared with me how Jesus had changed their life and just the gospel, you know, just in, in full picture, I didn't believe right away, but I wanted to. Mm. And yeah, after just two weeks of meeting with a classmate Nick of mine and really testing to see, you know, is this really true? I came to realize the truth that it is. And I gave my life to the Lord and everything has changed since then. You know that, I mean, even before all that stuff began to happen, that joy, that fulfillment I was always looking for, I now have. And I, like, once I gave my life to Christ, and that's been about two and a half years almost. Since okay. Then. And what's happened years. since then? Yeah, so... From everything that that happened, God pulled me out of the academy um, a few months after I gave my life to him. And since then, he has been sending me around to a lot of different places. <laughs> um, I feel he's put a call on my life to uh, just live a, a missionary life. Um, and I've he's led me to like, India and Africa. But most of my time, I spent back at West Point again, but not as a student. Um, as you know, a disciple just growing and learning from Austin and from those in, in that network and my, my past classmates, uh, and just really learning to see what it's like to walk with the Lord and be a disciple, a disciple maker. Um, so what, what are you learning about how to continue on and even build momentum in the ministry that God's given you? You know, when I first learned about the vision of No Place Left and just saw these biblical principles, um, I also realized I'd never really gotten discipleship. And, and Jim McKnight actually asked uh, or offered to to start to to be, um, you know, to disciple me. And so I ended up saying, yeah, I'd like that. You know, that'd be good. I've never had anybody in my life really discipling me. And... So we actually started meeting online because um, he actually lived in Georgia and I was in New York. So four years ago, we started meeting online and we have been doing that every other week for the last four years. Um, and so, you know, I've really been basically I've been discipled mostly by an online church um, that Jim leads. And through that church, um, you know, there's a church in my home. Uh, that is full full of a, a bunch of leaders that are leading churches right now, and then I'm also I'm also leading two online churches, uh, one for the Northeast and one that I just started up during this COVID thing for a lot of people that were interested in learning how to uh, to to lead churches. That there's some legacy pastors on that and some others. So I have a couple of legacy pastors that that I'm that I'm training in my online churches, and one of them was actually on the cusp of. You know, really starting 
churches in homes out of his legacy church. Um, and then this COVID-19 thing hit and he, it, it has catapulted his whole church into doing, you know, online churches and, and, and churches, you know, which will, will help him to be able to do churches and homes. But man, right now is just the perfect time for, for pastors, legacy pastors across the world to, to try some of this out and to, you know, experiment with discipling, uh, you know, people online and through, through small churches. So my recommendation, and this is what's happening right now, is you have, you have leaders in your church as a legacy pastor, right? You have some guys that are, that are just passionate about Jesus, passionate about serving the church, um, and, and bring those guys, those leaders that you have, bring them into a church with you. Start discipling them in, a, in an online church or in a church in your home if you can, and, and start showing them what this can look like. And, and then encourage them to start gathering the other people they know in the churches that aren't necessarily leaders yet to, to start going to their churches. Um, and so, you know, pastor has a church in his home with his leaders. And then those leaders are gathering up people throughout the church and starting up, you know, the micro churches, these, these small churches, these online churches with the other uh, people in the congregation. Um, and, you know, eventually this pastor could actually just be discipling a few where then his leaders are then discipling a few. And those leaders are, you know, and then those people are discipling a few and it could just, it can reach the whole church and everybody's getting discipled from the pastor down. Um, and it's, yeah, that's what I, that's what I recommend. And then, you know, at, for lo- large gatherings, maybe once COVID is up, you know, my, what we do is, is we have a weekly worship and prayer gathering. Um, so everybody in the churches is invited. We do an acoustic set. We have a little place we can go to, whether we have four people or 40 people, you know, or more, you know, four people or 80 people. Um, it's a gr- it's an amazing time because we're worshiping and praying. We don't have to go through a huge ordeal of setting up and tearing down and, you know, the program and all this, it's just been amazing. Um, and so that's why I encourage legacy pastors. Hey, first you got to be the example. So show your leaders how to do it, disciple them and, and then encourage them to disciple others in the church and then start gearing your Sunday morning, big gathering towards more prayer and worship, less, less preaching, more prayer and worship, maybe just vision casting and then encourage everybody to really get that discipleship and the meat of the word uh, in the, in the micro churches is, is just my advice for legacy pastors. And we're seeing it happen right now. I would say online church is about, you know, 80 to 90% solution, right? It, there's some, in some ways, online church is a little bit easier. <laughs> you know, you can break out people and bring them in real quickly and you don't have, you know, a lot of, you can mute and, you know, you can mute the kids out a little bit and you can, you know, so some, sometimes online church doesn't actually give you all the nuances and the, the skills you need to actually have a church in your home. Um, but you can still learn some key, um, you know, methods and, and principles uh, that can carry on, whether you're online or, or physically together in a home. So one thing I've learned with this online ministry is you can start it at any time. So like I said before, when I was explaining my story, I was moving around so much. And so I created this belief in my mind that I can't, 
I couldn't start a church. I couldn't disciple people because I'm moving around too much. And it was funny, actually, just about two weeks before I went to Africa, I decided, you know what, these people I know who I'm trying to you know, talk with over the phone, I'm just going to start, try to start an online church and see how it goes. And right now, so like I said, moving around, a lot of times people college age or right after college age, they move around to different areas. And so my sister's in Colorado, my dad in Texas, a girlfriend in New York, a friend in Pennsylvania, another friend in California uh, that I reached out with again, who was in my elementary school with me, a friend in, in Florida, and another one in Nashville. Like there's, there's so many people that are moved around in different areas um, that this has just created an opportunity to continue that discipleship, that um, structure and, and training, regardless of where you go. When you change your area, you don't have to leave everything behind. And if you're moving around, you, you, you don't have to worry about not or letting go of what you've built or the relationships you've had. I, I can go anywhere. When I was in Africa, we still met online. Mm. We still had A teams while I was there. While everyone was back in the States with this online churches, anyone can do it anywhere. I thought that online church would be, you know, a resource like helpful with a, a movement in person, but I've begun to see that you can actually just have a movement of online churches. Um, out of this, my sister now, she's uh, been meeting with some people and started an online church now. And um, the a guy, in Florida, he shared with his girlfriend and he's realizing he's going to bring his friends together and meet with them online during this time. And uh, it's, it's just really interesting seeing that. And then also like learning to grow in that obedience. One of my friends here, when we started this um, online church, he, he would always make a goal. He's like, I'm just going to read. I'm going to do it. I'm going to read one chapter this week. I swear. Like I'm going to read a chapter this week. And when I come back, you guys, I'll have it in week after week after week. Be like, all right, Chris, did you uh, read the chapter? And he goes, no, I'm, I'll do it. I'll do it, I swear. And now, uh, about five months later, he's like reading 10 chapters a day. He's just on fire, uh, spending time with the Lord, sharing with his friends, um, trying to meet with them online. Hasn't gotten there yet, but he is just really doing it. Hmm. And that has all happened through online communication, online church. And it's just been really cool to see a lot of different people grow in that as well. With You know, my sister, I saw, I, I, after I gave my life to the Lord, I only communicated with her online. And then the one time I saw her is when she decided to give her life to the Lord and was able to baptize her, which is awesome. I, I, the, the hardest thing to do <clears throat> is invite people onto the, the group, have like figure out a time where everyone's free. And then, once you do that, you just kind of follow what I've learned, the, the three-thirds structure of the discipleship, looking back, looking up, and looking ahead. Um, we found that we don't sing songs, worship songs, during that phase. We just we praise God in, in prayer uh, and pray for each other. But other than that, it's just been con- continuous. It's, it's been great. The one thing that I found that is difficult is leadership development of mauling modeling for people and assisting them with like sharing the gospel uh, a lot of people as you begin to talk and and practice with each other on on sharing online we're able to to build the confidence but uh you know you're not able to 
be there with them, share the gospel with them. However, those that you've already done that with, by meeting online and talking about it and keeping each other accountable, they continue on with that. So the one thing we found, it seems like everything works well, is continued on. Um, you're not able to meet in person, so there's some part of that separation. We're still able to see each other and talk. But the one thing that is a little difficult is the beginning step of modeling, sharing, and assisting in that. But once that has already been done, then there's really no negative that I've been able to, that I've come across. You know, it's funny when this whole COVID thing hit, I mean, not much has changed for me. Um, I would say, you know, one of the things that we usually do when, when not, when everyone's not quarantined and still kind of has busy lives, we actually do a lot of online churches every other week. I found that to actually be a really good rhythm, especially as you got a bunch of leaders that are doing a lot of things downstream. Uh, it's been a great rhythm to still invest in them, disciple them, um, but also be able to let them run. And, and we have a, you know, we have a model that we really like to uh, use for multiplication in, in our networks. And, and that is being a church where you're getting trained and then being a church where you're training others and do those at separate times so that, you know, obviously you can be, you can get discipleship and you can learn from the other people in that training church that you're getting trained in and then disciple others. Um, and what's amazing about that is it doesn't break up the family, right? Sometimes we don't know how to multiply because like, man, we don't want to, we don't want to stop going to this church. This is our church. Right. But if you stay in that church and, you, and then you go and you start a new church with your oikos and with the people that, you know, in your relational network, uh, then you can effectively keep the family together, continue to get encouragement and strengthening and, and, and training while still discipling others. And if you teach them to do the same, there's, a, there's an amazing connection down the line that really allows for quick multiplication quick releasing of authority while still being able to, to get training and encouragement. Anyway, college ministry has always had a very robust mission oriented focus. Uh, I shouldn't say always, but a lot of college ministries ministries Mm -hmm. do. Right. But I have not been able to locate a college ministry that has a good way of continuing to be in contact and encouraging college students after they graduate um, and to see if they be, you know, continue to be fruitful, if they continue to do the things that they learn in college. And that's what, man, I'm, I'm so excited about. That's what we're seeing now. Um, we have, you know, on college, on the college campus here, you know, we have students leading churches and they are learning to share the gospel disciple people and and plant churches and multiply them while they're a student in college, while they have the tightest oikos they'll ever have, right? While they don't have a lot of other responsibilities except for class. Um, And it's just, and they're so teachable, they're available. You have to teach them some faithfulness, um, but if they're willing to to sow seed, we we call it fast. If if someone's faithful, available, seed sower and teachable, um, then man, just disciple them disciple them is now with online. I have so many students that have gone out that, you know, sometimes may get isolated, don't have a lot of encouragement, especially in the military context. And they are still planning, you know, they're, they're sharing the gospel with their units 
they're leading people to Jesus, baptizing them and starting to disciple them in churches and, and, and planning churches all over the place while being able to stay connected online. And so we're seeing finally, you know, I'm seeing for the first time guys that labor in college continue to labor uh, when they leave college. And, and man, if we could raise up a generation of young men and women that know how to labor in college and continue to labor for the rest of their life, just imagine the impact that it can have globally. Right. And, and, you know, Jack, Jack has, um, you know, led his sister to the Lord, just baptized her recently. He, his dad is in his church. His dad is close to, to coming into the kingdom. Um, so close. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's amazing to, to see like, you know, college is also just an amazing sending base, right? Like you, you get to disciple guys for four years, hopefully, and they leave and will go to the workplace and will go back to places you'd never be able to go and, and bring the gospel there. And they already know how to disciple those who believe. Um, so really, really incredible um, just asset we have in online church to be able to continue to disciple and, and support those guys and, and gals as they go out.